Welcome to Waypoint's What's the Point podcast. I'm Erica Castiglione, the Director of Women's Discipleship here at Waypoint, and I'm joined by a few friends. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Molly Jordan. I'm a lay leader at Waypoint um, on the Leadership Council, and my husband and I have been attending Waypoint for four years. I'm Danny, uh, one of the pastors here, and I also have uh, been going to Waypoint for seven and a half, almost eight years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's been a long time. I'm Ben, a pastoral intern here at the church. Been going to Waypoint for about two and a half years, and I'm on the podcast two weeks in a row, so I'm feeling good. Let's go. <laughs> and this is also Molly's first podcast. <laughs> and Molly, just, just, I don't want to put you on the spot, but your husband, Wesley, is... Just tell us a little about where Wesley is right now and maybe how we can be praying for him. Okay. So um, Wesley works with World Vision, and he's starting a microfinance um, institution in Ukraine. So he's living in Kiev, has been there since the beginning of or end of October. Um, He'll be coming back for Christmas. Um, And so just the microfinance is um, the small business um, loans to small businesses to help them grow. Um, and they particularly want to help the farmers and the um, small businesses, especially hit by the areas where the Russians were occupying. And you can just um, be praying for him, for safety, for peace, and um, for the church there and for the persecution of Christians, especially in the eastern part of Ukraine, and um, and for the Baptist church, especially in their efforts to um, provide relief and development during the war. And prayers for peace and comfort for Molly while he's away, (laughs) too. We'll we'll, um, remember to pray at the end, Mm -hmm. but also, yeah, appreciate prayers from our our church body, our church family as one of our own. And Wesley, if you're listening to this, we're praying for you. (laughs) We love you and we miss you. And (laughs) we know that the people there in Ukraine are blessed by you and the ministry you serve with and the people you serve with. But we also miss you here and look forward to seeing you at Christmas time. And we're talking about a topic that you're interested in, the church calendar. Yeah, Wesley would Advent. probably be here if he wasn't across the world. So Yeah, so today we're talking about Advent and Christmas. We decided that we would create a new word, Cradvent, where you combine the two. Because this is our waypoint uh, official. It sounds a little Seinfeldish, but it it's our official yeah. waypoint word, Cradvent. But there is a, a tension between uh, t- celebrating both, really, uh, together. And uh, to get us started, we always have an icebreaker question. And because it is, for most people, officially Christmas song listening time, I was going to ask you what your favorite Christmas song is. Christmas or Advent, there is difference, right? I would say mine is Hark the Herald Angels Angel Sing. Well, I don't know if it's plural, but uh, <laughs> just love. I mean, the lyrics are incredibly deep, great mm-hmm. theology. Think about the line often of the veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Yeah. I'm like, we, we just sing that, you know, on a, on a Sunday <laughs> service. I'm like, that is a rich theological statement with so many implications. Mm. Um, but it's also just a great song. So that's, that's one it, of my it's favorites. It's fun to sing the Gloria Mm-hmm. Oh. Right, right, right. <laughs> you took a, you took Danny's. I know he's about ah, to say that, right? Okay. Yeah, but I gotta. I gotta Pleased as man with men to dwell. Right. Jesus, Jesus our Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Yeah, it does have a lot of rich lines. Yeah. Yeah, Charles Wesley is my favorite poet in the whole English language. Mm-hmm. I used to just read his hymns, mm-hmm. like read one a day, mm-hmm. and he's wrote over five thousand of them. But they're amazing. 
everyone is has is always every line has at least one scripture reference some have two or three mm -hmm. but hark the herald is definitely my favorite christmas carol interesting fact the original title was called hark how all the welkin ring because <laughs> the angels don't sing that's a George Whitfield. Whitfield wasn't as much of a Greek scholar as Wesley was, and Whitfield changed the lyrics for mm -hmm. for the common people. Huh. The angels don't sing; the host of heaven sing. If you actually read it, so Welkin is the is a word that means the host. So the original line is "Hark how all the Welkin rings," mm -hmm. and that's angels why might sing, but they don't. Angels sing in might that sing, passage. but the whole host yeah. are singing. It's, there's probably angels with them, <laughs> but it's the host. So Wesley wanted to be as literal as possible, where Whitfield was like, nobody, even back then, knows what the heck a Welkin is. <laughs> so uh, he changed the lyric. And that's the only lyric he changed in the whole thing, and in his hymn book. And then the Methodists actually adopted angels. So it is, and, and they're in the host. So it, it's okay. So if I had, so what I'll say then is, come thou long expected Jesus is actually Wesley's most common uh, Advent song, and I would say that. Mm. So definitely, Hark the Hark the Herald is my favorite song of all time. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's I just think it tells the whole story of the Gospels as clear. And there's like seven seven stanzas of it. So if you've never read them, go back, look online, and read them all. I mean, it's 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 amazing. So yeah. That's that's me, and I can listen to everything from the Mariah Carey to the Nat King Cole to Weezer peanuts to peanuts <laughs> to peanut kids even Weezer. Mm -hmm. I love that song. So that's good. You took my Advent song. Uh -huh. Okay, uh, tell um, us about yeah yeah. Um, so I would say Joy to the World for my favorite Christmas song because it's mm -hmm. just fun to sing and usually you sing it at church and everyone raises the candles and mm -hmm. it brings back memories, but it's a great song too. And the funny thing about that is if you run with the liturgical folks, there's a debate because technically Joy to the World could be an Advent <laughs> song because it's based on a psalm and it's based probably on the second coming, maybe more than the first, mm -hmm. even though Isaac Watts isn't here right now where we could pin, pin him down and say, which one is it? But it's, yes. Yeah, and that, that would be my second. So that's amazing. So this is supposed to be the light question before we get into the, <laughs> the conversation. Right? This is the exactly. so, Sorry, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I always give a history lesson. It's, it's, it's in my blood. So uh, my favorite Advent song is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And my favorite Christmas song is probably O Come, All Ye Faithful. So I like songs with O Come, o come. in them. But, uh, <laughs> no, good. I love both amazing. of those. And um, all right. So our first song, our first question. We're um, gonna sing today. Yeah. Our first song. <laughs> please, please. Oh, wow. Surprise! <laughs> you didn't know when you signed up. But no. Uh, our first question before we get into the conversation is: What do we mean by Advent? What is Advent? And how has the church historically marked this time, this season? I got my history notes right here. Mm -hmm. But if anybody else wants to pipe in, mm -hmm. please, especially Molly, who's been around this tradition a little bit longer. Um, but Advent just means the coming or the or arrival. It's a time when we, because we're anticipating the second, the first coming of Christ, we're, which is Christmas, we remember that he's coming again. So the, the church historically set this time as more of a fasting time than a feasting time. It's like Christmas, the 12 days of Christmas was the feast. It was called the Feast of Christmas, and it was from December 25th till January 6th, the Epiphany. Um, 
And that was the, you know, we sing the 12 days of Christmas song. That's what it's about. Interestingly, though, they did on December 26, it's actually the Feast of St. Stephen. So even the day after the big celebration on Christmas, you're supposed to remember the first martyr of the faith. So even in the midst of the feasting, they still want people to remember the martyrdom of Stephen. So it's, it's really neat how the early church wanted to create these cycles. So that's, that's Advent on its own. And there's a beautiful church calendar, and I'll, I'll, there is a, a resource, an online devotional, and I just added it today. So if you go to the top of the online devotional, there's a little thing you can click, and it just says, what is Advent? And it has something from Logos Bible Software and then a little thing from N.T. Wright that gives a deeper explanation. But the, the other thing about Advent is right now American Christians celebrate it in two ways. The, the modern way to celebrate Advent, which might be Cradvent, which mm-hmm. because our culture celebrates Christmas from, I mean, the stores start putting stuff out on November 1st, but I'd say generally the day or two after Thanksgiving until December 27th-ish, you know, whenever you have your last Christmas party, maybe until New Year's, that season is the Christmas season in America so it's kind of hard to celebrate the pure Advent. So the pure Advent, which was in liturgical churches, was you just focus on and sing about and don't have a ton of festivals or feasts. You have a lot of fasting the, from December 1st till December 24th. Then on December 25th, you have the big blowout. That's why a lot of churches had things at midnight, the midnight mass in Catholicism, Lutheranism, and some other traditions like that. So that's when the party began. But because in America now we start... I mean, it's, it's pretty much hard to avoid a Christmas party. So we so generally, a lot of modern American Christians just say that during this time, they're going to remember that amidst all the commercialism and all the materialism that, encounter, that surrounds the American version of Christmas, that we're going to take time to continually reflect on the fact that Christ is coming again, and that's our true hope. Our true hope isn't in all this stuff. Then there's the other version where you celebrate the more historical Advent, which some liturgical Christians still do. So, so it's the beginning of the church calendar. So a lot of people in liturgical churches will say Happy New Year. Yeah. For huh. the beginning of ad, the first day of Advent. Mm-hmm. So. And for those of you who don't know anything about it, uh, I'd, I'd go ahead and read that one and a half page article that I that I put on the the top of the devotional that I put a link to but also just it's it's four Sundays before Christmas so this year is really unique because Christmas Eve is on a Sunday it's the shortest advent season mm-hmm. where some years it's a little bit longer cuz it's it's the four Sundays so the Sunday before the fourth Sunday of advent is literally Christmas Eve so at waypoint we're going to celebrate it for the next four Sundays but we started the devotional uh on Monday, the Monday, uh, the 27th or 28th, yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. well, we're recording this. I don't oh, know. I don't know when right. this is going to go right. out, yes. yeah. but we, we did that intentionally just to give people a chance to have four full weeks to reflect. So that's, that's Advent. It's a beautiful time. It's a time to remember that Jesus is coming back. That he, and what we say at Waypoint, the catchphrase that I came up with when I did children's ministry a long time ago that we've just kind of embraced is God promised he would come at just the right time. He came. And he's coming back to make all things right and new. So that's our catchphrase surrounding Advent um, that I just came up with years ago doing children's ministry to help kids understand. And we can celebrate this all year, but it's it's really exciting to have a, a four-week time to focus on it. 
and we focus on four words, love, hope, joy, and peace. So the devotion that's going out each week will focus on one of those words. And normally the third week is always joy. And it's a different color candle because it's just remembering that even in the suffering, even in the waiting, we can have joy. Yeah, I would want to say a note, too, about the celebrating both at the same time. It, in, in some ways, you know, although historically Advent was kind of like Lent, we don't really think of it that way, but like a time of preparation, fasting, fasting yeah. so that when Christmas comes, like you said, it's a big feast, but you're preparing your heart, which we do want to prepare our hearts. It's like, in the, what does Joy to the World say, uh, you know? Prepare him room and your heart. Let every heart prepare him. Let every heart prepare him room. That's part of it. But at the same time, we want to live missionally. And if our culture is celebrating Christmas in December, what an incredible opportunity we have with our neighbors. I know when Danny and I lived in um, overseas and a close country, we they still had Christmas decorations and Christmas music, and we could have Christmas parties and tell them why we celebrate Christmas. You know, and even um, we can have interesting conversations with our neighbors. So we don't want to be, sometimes we have to hold those things in tension, you know? Mm-hmm. So I probably talked more about the gospel walking through the lyrics of Mariah Carey's Joy to the World and Hark the Herald <laughs> than a lot of other. That was probably my number one way of walking people through because they were like, tell me, what's the song about? I was like, well, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's so at Waypoint, we also teach that we should be contextual Christians, that we, wherever God put us, we need to live in that culture, in that context, and, in, and work within that to celebrate the, the, the things in the culture that can connect us to that culture and, and unite us to that culture so that we can bring the hope of Christ. And this is a beautiful season to do that. So that's... Part of why modern Christians have said we'll we'll figure out a way to do both at the same time. So, what were your experiences um, with the Advent growing up? Are the you know, if any, if any, are the weeks leading up to Christmas, Christmas, and now both of those as an adult and in your family of origin? Yeah, I would say growing up, we didn't do much. Uh, we. Went to church growing up, my family did, but I I don't particularly remember Advent being different. Now, part of that was because maybe I was a disinterested kid who uh, we always had donuts in the Sunday school, mm-hmm. and I was you know pretty excited to go get the donuts. Um, I think I do remember that there were candles, you know, and yeah. like somebody would light a candle and kind of talk about it. Um, but I think even for me, I became a Christian my freshman year at NC State, and even early in my like, Christian faith and experience, I feel like I still didn't really get it. You know, it was like, oh, it's near Christmas, and the church kind of does this thing near Christmas they call Advent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that was maybe the church I was going to and whatnot. Um, but for me, since I have been following Christ, a uh, resource that has been really helpful is the Austin Stone Advent devotional uh, church in Texas that I know nothing about other than that they put out an incredible Advent devotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, typically, you know, try and listen to more of the songs that we referenced earlier. Um, because certainly I, I do love the other songs about Santa Mm -hmm. and, you know, grandma getting rocking by a reindeer, (laughs) rocking around the Christmas tree. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's helpful for me almost as a, 
somewhat of a spiritual discipline to be reminded. Let me, let me, let me listen to some ones that actually point towards Christ, His coming, and not just you know the other fun stuff that can be associated <laughs> with the holidays in America. So I grew up in a Presbyterian church, and I remember the Sundays they would hand out the Advent wreath kits. They would give mm. us the four little candles, pink or blue, I can't remember, or red, I can't remember what we got. So our family is the only time I, did, I didn't really, I grew up in Anomaly Christian family, and that every Sunday of Advent we would do the readings because the kit came with a scripture and a prayer and a little reading and we would oh, do wow. it. But when I when I was really little, my older siblings, they we would do it, and the first time I remember... Well, I mean, my mom told me this. I must have been like three or so. They were lighting the candles, and I came in, and I started singing Happy Birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought it was someone's birthday, and it was, but I didn't know. So um, so that's how we celebrated growing up and um, kind of, you know, as an adult, um, the – the older I get, the more meaningful it's become and just taking time to pause and, you know, just contemplate, you know, Jesus as a baby and all, um, you know, the Trinity and coming, you know, Jesus coming as a baby and just the humility um, in that and the first coming and then knowing what was going to happen, um, you know, the, the sacrifice on the cross for us. Um and all of that, and then, you know, looking forward to the second coming and ways that our family does that now is, you know, doing devotionals, and um, sometimes we do Advent wreaths, sometimes we don't. It just depends on the year, but um, but this year for me, I'm trying to just take five minutes every day just to listen to the Lord, just put my timer on and just listen. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm, yeah. That's cool. Um. So I grew up in the lowest of low church traditions. <laughs> like literally, we we didn't even have a Christmas Eve service. I mean, that's very Baptist and Pentecostals in America were the two low church traditions, and I grew up more on the Pentecostal side. But and all my friends were that were Baptist or whatever. I mean, we had no idea about any of this stuff. Like zero. We knew Easter, Christmas, nothing in between. Uh, and then when I got to college, I started just engaging with different denominations and different traditions. I was very interested in trying out new things. Me and a, a buddy, he grew up Presbyterian. I grew up um, Pentecostal. So I just we just thought, let's try other churches. And this is before the internet. So we just go in the phone book and drive and try it. So, so I began to learn about some different things. And I, I think when I found out about the church calendar, I was like super excited. I was like, this is amazing. Like, So that's when I started actually thinking about it. But interestingly enough, the tradition that I grew up in, like this low church tradition in the American low church, in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, was very into the Advent, like the Second Coming of Christ. We talked about it every week, <laughs> like almost too much, like, you know, and it was mixed in with a lot of politics and other things, world stuff going on in the world. So I definitely thought about the Second Coming of Christ a lot growing up, but I didn't think about it maybe in this hopeful way. So I think for me, it became really a, a good, healthy way to think about it not like a scary way like the way i grew up was the second coming was very scary yeah like it was mm-hmm. like i don't know any, anybody listening kind of grew up in the 80s and some of those <laughs> things but it was, it's very scary and 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 it is i mean the judgment when the judgment comes it is scary it's it is linked to the day of the lord so it is mm-hmm. 
but it's a hopeful day. It's also linked to the hope that we have. It's also linked to Revelation 21. It, it's right? also related to Revelation 21. So that that's my experience with it. So I'm I'm grateful to to engage with the historic church and the global church and celebrating the Christian New Year in our own <laughs> Cradvent way. At Cradvent <laughs> way. Yes. I grew up uh, in the Methodist church, so we did do Advent like on Sundays leading up to it. We had an Advent wreath and someone would light the candle. And um, I and I liked it. I like I liked, you know, the beauty of it and I liked the songs. We didn't do it in my home, you know, it was just a Sunday thing. Um, but I think at that point I just knew it as like anticipation for Christmas. I didn't know it had anything to do with anticipation of Christ returning again mm. until I was an adult and our church in Boston um celebrated Advent and we did like um actually some of the pastors would fast like once a week in preparation I'd never heard of anyone fasting for Advent and um we did a devotional together as a church there were just a lot of really neat traditions that came along with it and I realized oh this is bigger than just looking forward to Christmas although that's a wonderful thing too so as a family we've kind of done different things like you said I know whenever I try to do something too big (laughs) it doesn't really work so we kind of kept it to simple like when the kids were little they each had a if you get them at Trader Joe's before they sell out, the little chocolate a day advent <laughs> calendars, and then we do yes. these little. We had these little books that were really short, kind of like board books that told the story of Advent. And then they got older, we would do like a little devotion with it. Now we're trying to do the Waypoint devotion. Do what we do here because there's so many great things you could do. Sometimes I get so many resources, I get overwhelmed. I'm like, we'll just do what we're doing as a church and like mark that time. Interesting enough, you said the preparing for Christmas. So a lot of American kids, the the German and the Northern European traditions used Advent calendars. I don't think the Southern European traditions did as much. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Americans equate that and just took continued that in the Lego Advent calendar. I mean, they got the Marvel Lego Advent calendar, mm-hmm. the Star Wars Lego Harry Advent Potter. calendar, Harry Potter Lego. I mean, they have beer be- ca- Advent yeah, calendars because, and wine Advent calendars. Because, because, wow. And because they're linked to Northern Europe, Lego's a, Den- yeah. a company from Denmark, right. they still use the word Advent. I'm looking online right now as we talk, and all the other Advent calendars are now called 24 Days of Fun or Holiday Calendar. Like they, But the Northern, I guess because Lego just keeps the traditional word Lego and Playmobil, but it's 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 interesting you said that, Erica, because mm-hmm. I feel like a, for a lot of people, maybe that grew up in some of these denominations with nominal families, like it became about preparing, waiting for Christmas. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like anticipating Christ mm-hmm. that we get Jesus is yeah. going to come back. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really really grateful that the evangelical church has embraced this almost mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. Like t- almost every church is having a Christmas Eve service in churches because. It's really, really, really important, especially in this day and age, for us to have a healthy view of the day of the Lord and, and God coming back and everything promised in the Old Testament and and linking that to the coming of Christ and the second coming. So I'm super, super grateful for this kind of revival of Advent. So I'm fine with Cradvent. Yeah, I'll put in a plug, too. Uh, Clayton Green was supposed to be with us today, too, on the podcast, but he was feeling under the weather. So Ben's our, Ben's, Ben came <laughs> in. Call me so. Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, he has created something called Advent Blocks. If you'll look on the Waypoint blog post um, from 
the week before Advent started, the third week of November, he wrote a little bit about what his family does for Advent, but they ended up creating this great resource for kids um, that kind of just helps the kids. It's a daily, there's a block, and they build and tell the, the story of Advent. So check that out if you have younger kids. It's at goodkind.shop, or you can just google advent blocks and if you're not sure if you're on the right page if you go to about us you'll see clayton and his family so <laughs> yeah so clayton we he didn't ask us to plug that yeah but we thought that that's really neat so one day we'll hear the story about how clayton who also comes from a more low church tradition and his family and some others came about to start advent blocks and how right. they they started that yeah our kids were too old for it but we danny and i watched the Weiner kids one time, Eric and Sarah Weiner's kids in December, and they that was part of their nightly routine was to do their Advent blocks. So that was my yeah. first introduction to it. That was really cute. So we'd probably recommend this even if the per, the part some of the pe- <laughs> the people that created it didn't go to Waypoint, but being that they go to Waypoint, it's it's even more. Yeah, it's a, it's a really neat neat tool to mm-hmm. bring Advent into your family. So yeah, and um so. Why do you guys think this is important? There's not like an exact verse that says celebrate Christmas. There's not a Mm -hmm. verse that says celebrate Advent or, you know, why do you think this is important for the church? Or for you personally? I just think there's very few things that we look forward to in life, especially in this, in our culture now, Mm -hmm. we, you know, we want something and we just go on our phone and order it on Amazon and it's here the next day. Mm. Um, or now they get the four hour thing. Right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> can't wait. There, can't wait 24 hours. Drive, if you buy more than whatever, he'll come to your door. <laughs> right. Right. So I think it's, you know, delayed gratification, but also in just the practice of waiting, but um, just taking time and, you know, especially during Advent and also during Lent, these two seasons in the um, church calendar, just you know, waiting um, for, waiting for Christmas, waiting t- to celebrate Christ's coming and his, and the hope that we have coming again um, and just building up. And it just makes the celebration better, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a buddy who is now a priest in the Anglican Church. So he has become a much more kind of high church guy than what we were um, at the church we were previously at. And something that he said that stuck out to me is that we as Christians ought to have our lives go around the church calendar versus just kind of the cultural calendar, you know, is what Mm -hmm. he compared it to. Like, oh, I'm taking a vacation in June. I'm looking forward to that. Or, oh, Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to that. Or, oh, my kid's birthday is in, you know, and like there are these kind of things in the calendar that just anyone looks forward to. Like, you don't have to be a Christian to be excited about even Christmas, right? Like, it is, oh, yeah, it's fun, it's festive, maybe get off work, you know, things like that. Um, but his encouragement and what I would say as well is, yeah, there really is something of, like, us as followers of Christ saying, no, like, our lives are around Christ and around the church mm-hmm. calendar and not just these kind of cultural things, but to your point, it's like, well, and also like Lent and other things that come up in the church calendar of, versus just kind of, Going kind of the way the world is going, having a, I guess, more intentional, proactive, well, actually, like, let me really think about what I want to be excited about this year and what I want to um, encourage my soul towards versus just, oh, it's about that time. I guess I should think about the holidays. Yeah, I like So that. I think that, would, that was, that was a, a challenge to me because I wasn't, I was kind of not 
thinking proactively about it. So he was encouraging me to. Yeah, I think I agree with both of what, what you've already said. I love that the Christian calendar makes us think of all the human experiences and emotions too. It's kind of like the Psalms, like there's Psalms of mm. lament and then there's Psalms of praise, like that there's seasons of, of fasting and seasons of feasting, you know? And I think we need both. Life is hard, so it is good to have the the celebrations to look forward to and to long for the coming celebration. And life is hard, so sometimes we've got to look at the darkness in order to hope for the light too, you know, in our in the world and in our own lives. So I think, like you said, like I think we would want to do that, but there's something about taking like intentional time to mm-hmm. do that. Like I've even heard people talk about Lent and Easter and say, well, I'm an Easter Christian. Every Sunday we celebrate, you know, Christ's mm-hmm. resurrection. And it's like, yes, but there is something different after a season of reflection when everyone comes together, you know, you've had Good Friday where you've thought about the cost and now together we're proclaiming, you know, resurrection. So I think, you know, Advent and Christmas are the same. Yeah, I agree. I love the church calendar. So even at Waypoint, we're trying to even add the the ones that aren't as popular, like <laughs> Ascension Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. It's funny, we knew about Pentecost Sunday growing up in the Pentecost church. <laughs> 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 At least it was acknowledged. You didn't but skip that one. We didn't skip that one. But, and when I make these jokes, y'all, if you grew up in that tradition or whatever, I, I'm so grateful for my upbringing. And, yeah. and actually, a lot of the churches that I was involved with as a kid now are, are more engaged in the church calendar and stuff, too. So it's, it's, there's no right or wrong way, like you said, Erica. It's not like in the Bible it says, like, do it this way or do it that way. But it is amazing that when people couldn't read and when people were coming out of all these pagan traditions and pagan holidays, the gospel would go to a place and provide them with opportunities to see the big picture of what, of God's redemptive plan every year. That's what the Christian year is. It's a reenacting of God's Mm -hmm. redemptive plan over and over and over again. And for us who have, we can watch any YouTube video we want. We can read literally anything for free online right now. We have so much access to so much information. It it may seem like, oh, we don't need this, but we do. We do need to live in cycles. And we definitely need to be in cycles of fasting and feasting. So my Mm -hmm. challenge to myself and to all of you at home is being that now during Advent season, America is feasting, (laughs) you can ask God, how can you fast in your heart how can you like like molly said she's doing five minutes a day like do the devotional that we're sending out like when you go to buy something like as a gift take time to thank god that the fact that you you have the resources to do that or you, you know like use it as a time to remember not just to focus on how busy we are during the season but to take moments each day to stop and slow down and remember that things are good now because Jesus did come, but they're not totally good. We're there, but not there yet. And you can live in that tension. And you and for some people, the holidays are hard because they remember deaths or loved ones who are hurting or mental health things. Or, or you know, it's not for a lot of people. It's an exciting time, but for a lot of people, it also brings back hard, hard memories, which is part of the there but not there yet 
mm-hmm. that we're supposed to be feeling during Advent. So my challenge to all of you is at home listening and or whoever, this is a good, good time to reflect on. We're so thankful Jesus came, but we're not there yet. And we're in this in between and we can trust his spirit in this time and how we can have hope and joy and peace because of the love of God in Christ. Yeah. I think one more thing I was thinking about as you were talking, the Christian calendar and Advent helps us keep our spiritual practices in community too. I Mm. think, I think probably one reason a lot of churches in America didn't celebrate for a while is because we're tend to be very individualistic but the idea that we are fasting together, feasting together. With the know, world. With the world, right? Yeah. And, and so it's not just, yeah, our particular church waypoint, but we can know that churches the all global over church, the, the yeah. global church is doing the same thing. And Christmas Eve, we'll gather together. I think that's really like exciting and connects us. And I was reading earlier, too, that like the practice of like having a feast at Christmas time goes all the way back to like, Sec- the second century, like they've written for, you know, mm-hmm. accounts. So like for years and years and years, the global church has been, you know, celebrating these things, acknowledging them. And we, we join with that, which is just cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I also like to just take time to think about Christ's humanity, mm-hmm. like coming yes. as a baby, mm-hmm. like knowing he is God, but he's a baby. Like what what was he thinking, <laughs> you know, as a two-year-old, as a three-year-old, when his mom corrected him, or did she need to, or mm-hmm. when when Mary was pregnant? I just, mm-hmm. it's, I like to think about that. Is yeah. this what you're thinking about during your five minutes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To that listen. is, that is a good, no, no, that's, yeah, I think the humanity of Christ and the deity of, deity of Christ coming together, mm-hmm. yeah. That's, I feel like at Christmas. I've never thought about thinking about, yeah, reflecting on that, but that's at this time, but that's really amazing. One of our pastors, he and his wife had a, um, they had not a competition, they had this heated discussion about what was more miraculous, Christ's birth or his death. And I thought it was a, just fun to talk about, you know, and Christ's humanity coming right. down and also, you know, um, his sacrifice on the cross. I mean, the ultimate humility right. to come from, yeah. Like the Prince of Heaven, to like <laughs> a, a yeah, a neuter manger. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. a baby, a dependent baby, mm-hmm. completely. A I know. statement that always shocked me. I went to like I don't even know seventy five, a hundred conferences, retreats with the campus ministry I worked for. You know, we had four a year, and I worked there. You know, there, there was a lot of them. Mm-hmm. One line that stood out above them all was not spiritual. It didn't, you know, <laughs> but it was talking about this idea of like Jesus's humanity and it was just kind of this offhanded, like I don't even think he had it in a script, but he said, Jesus had to be potty trained. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of one of those light bulbs. Like, <laughs> I mean, wow. I guess, right. It feels, like, weird. It feels weird to say it. Yeah, he's a human. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he had, to, I, I, yeah, I guess he had to be potty trained. Yeah. And it really was one of those like, wow, like sure he is. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, veiled in flesh, the God had sea. But it's also like he was just a little baby that yeah. had to yeah. learn how to go to the potty, just like my two-year-old son. Yeah. And it really was like, wow, okay. 
No, the little Lord <laughs> Jesus, no crying he makes. He didn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> he, didn't cry. <laughs> he was perfect. Yeah. Not every Christmas song. Not, is every, not every Christmas song <laughs> is, 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 is yes. It should be, we, you could change it. You know, Whitfield changed the lyrics. You could, mm. The little Lord Jesus, the poopy diaper he makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That could be the Ben translation. Mm-hmm. You could, be, that yeah. could be the first Cradvent song. I think we need to change topic. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> I Sorry. remember uh, being, I'm deviating here. I'm kind no, of going with it, too. Like, being pregnant in December right. and thinking, like, right. so much about Jesus, Mary. And, like, now I always notice pregnant women around this right, time of year, too, right. and it makes me think of that. But this kind of ties in, but kind of maybe reigns us, uh, us in a little. What are some verses from the Bible that help you reflect on Christmas and Advent, or are significant to you? One that sticks out to me, I don't know if it will be, you know, earmarked as an Advent verse per se, mm-hmm. but I tend to think of it as, is John, when he's announcing Jesus, John one twenty nine, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Um, I just I think about that verse and just, what John is doing in that context of that gospel is very much, hey, this is who he is. He's a lamb mm-hmm. of God, takes away the sin of the world. We ought to behold that. We ought to wonder at that. Gaze. This is God in the flesh who's coming to take away the sin. Um, and again, when we understand that in this context of, well, how did he do that? Mm-hmm. He became a, a little baby. That's that's how he becomes the lamb that takes away the sin of the world as he starts huh. as a little baby, which really is amazing. Yeah, one verse I thought of was from John also, the first chapter. Um, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness mm. does not overcome it. You know, And I think that's what... It's one of my favorite verses anyway, but I really think Advent highlights that, that you know, there's darkness around, but the light broken to the darkness and Jesus is that light and then also in Isaiah there's lots of passages by like Isaiah 9 that talks about Mm -hmm. who Jesus will be and um you know I think of Handel's Messiah when they you know sing out all the names wonderful counselor mighty God prince of peace I love that I, I like the beginning of Matthew, the just the story of mm-hmm. Jesus, all mm-hmm. the all the little details, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in the story of the wise men, because not all the Gospels go into detail about Jesus' birth, mm-hmm. but it's just mm-hmm. like the whole story. It's and I love I love stories. I do so. too. I love it. In Luke, we get the background Luke, with like, yeah. Mary and mm. Zechariah and yeah. Elizabeth. I love that too. Yeah, I like Anna's prophecies. Simeon's prophecy about, you know, they they know this baby's going to be born, and they they mm-hmm. proclaim. Um, I also two two passages that I think about a lot is one is Galatians four four, and I compare this to the Ephesians one. It says, "But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption to sonship." And because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, you're also his heir. And I think the Trinitarian formula is here. It's, it's, the, it's this 
in the fullness of time. So it's, it's talking about the first advent, the first coming. But then I think when I look at that with Ephesians 1.10, it says, um, it says, with all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And I think the fusion of those two together is the two advents. Mm. And I, I see, and they're both about a mystery and a time. Because when Jesus came, people had been waiting and struggling, and, and it, they were under Roman oppression, but he doesn't even eliminate the Roman Empire. He, the Roman Empire right. allow, is allowed to stay in power and actually stays in power and destroys the, the temple. Yeah. D- destroys the temple, and yeah. uh, you know about forty years after Jesus dies, but he he comes to build this spiritual kingdom, a kingdom of love and joy mm-hmm. and peace and hope, and that's but that's what was always promised in the prophets, always promised in the law and the prophets. You know, so I I think they got it wrong a little bit. They got a lot right. A lot of people heard Jesus' message and accepted him. A lot of people struggled with it. They got it wrong a little bit. And we're in that same moment now. We have his word, but we're waiting for him to come back too. And we're like them. So I love this Ephesians passage. It just says that there's a mystery to it and that it will be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. And when that happens, that it'll bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Like, I think that's Advent. We've got to reflect on that. That's the good news, that one day all of this will be made right. And I think sometimes we just are going through the motions of life, and we don't don't think about that. So to wrap us up, um, what would you say to someone to encourage them who maybe hasn't practiced any thing around Advent who hasn't like really acknowledged the season as they begin. And is there anything else you'd like to say to you? I want to give you that opportunity before we close. I think it's great that the church is doing a devotional and that we can all be on kind of on the same page or just encourage people to, to do that or do it a different Advent. I mean, if you're doing something with friends or with family, but I think it's great to be in God's word and, you know, just helping guide your Advent season. I would say, shameless plug for community groups embedded in this. <laughs> Talk ben to, is uh, our community group guy. Yeah. So this is a good thing. I'm glad you're. We I didn't ask him to do this, so he's yeah. just doing it. Lawrence I would say, didn't yeah, ask him to do this. Just talk to your community yeah. group. You know, because um, again, like what was impactful for me was when a buddy was like, "Hey, what, what do you think about the church calendar?" And I was like, what do you mean? Hmm. And then he was like, well, did, did you know we have one? And I was like, <laughs> elaborate. Um, so, yeah, I just, yeah, ask, ask people, like, like maybe they're encouraging things they do as a family that maybe you have kids, and you're like, oh, do you do that with your kids? We don't do anything with ours. Maybe we should try that. Um, so I would say, yeah, talk to, I mean, even people outside of your community group, right, but just people at the church and just ask them kind of what they're, interaction with Advent is, I guess, because you might might hear some great stuff. Yeah, so I'm just going to... I've talked so much on this podcast. I'm just going to give you all two things. One is, like Molly said, some kind of devotional. If you're just like, we got a family or we're busy or whatever, at minimum, 
the first of the first devotion of each each week is a four to five minute Bible project video on one of the words, which I'd say if your kids are what ten and up, they could understand it. And even if uh, they're not, even they're if still they're not, fully, they're still yeah. watching it. And then there's a, a Bible passage to read based on that video and a couple of questions. So at minimum, try to like gather everyone together. You can do it individually, but if if you wanted to do a family devotion once a week, maybe buy some Advent candles and light them while you while you watch the video. That'd be something. And then if you want to buy the Advent blocks, Clayton sent me a code. So my church 15 gets you 15% off. We've never advertised anything on the Waypoint podcast ever. We have no sponsors. We get no money. But so if you would like to buy the Advent blocks and start that tradition with your kids, I think I think that could be a really uh, neat, neat opportunity. And I think adults would get a lot out of it, too. Like just looking at it, it follows kind of a pattern that so there's the Jesse tree and a few other patterns in in church history it's it's following that same pattern so those are two things that i would plug at minimum do the four videos for the four words and if you have a family check out the advent blocks all right well thanks so much guys for being here can i say one more thing sure christmas is 12 days long so you don't have to take down your tree you can keep you can keep singing christmas songs through January 6th. January 6th. Yeah, a lot of people think the 12 days of Christmas is the 12 days leading up to Christmas, but it starts on Christmas and is the 12 days after. So, yeah. Um, All right. Well, let me pray for us, and then we'll we'll close up. Father, I thank you so much that you did come, and uh, you humbled yourself uh, to the the point of being an infant. And... um, and all that that includes. And I thank you that you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I thank you that you will come back and make all things right. I pray that this season as a church, together, we would long for you. We would listen to you. Uh, we would encourage one another. That we would be a light to those around us. Um, show us um, how you would want us to mark this season. Um, as we wait uh, to celebrate your birth again and your coming back. We pray right now uh, for Wesley, for, for protection, uh, for peace, for encouragement and wisdom. We pray for the church there who is being persecuted, Father, that they would not lose heart. Father, that um, you would be victorious over the attacks against them. Lord, and that you would bring peace on earth. And we ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, y'all. Great week.